Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. The following is a presentation of Podcast One. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Eric Bowling and Brett Favre on everything from politics and sports to business and culture. This year has been insane. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off and quit. That man right there, number four, Brett Favre. First NFL completion, and it's to himself. It's big time and prime time. That's why Brett Favre is Brett Favre. Yep. Now it's Bowling with Favre. Yeah, all right, here we go. Show Lucky 13. Show Lucky 13. My, my man, number four, their Hall of Fame quarterback, Brett Favre. We're having, we're having fun on the podcast, are we not, Brett? Oh, like a barrel of monkeys. <laughs> you hear the, hear the enthusiasm in his voice, folks? <laughs> but you know what we are doing? We are giving away an autograph, uh, Brett Favre jersey. So you got to go on iTunes, rate and review the show. Be creative, be fun, be cool, be funny, be whatever you want to be. We're going to pick the, the most creative, the one that stands out the most. And you get an autograph, Brett Favre number four jersey. But you got to do it. You got to go to iTunes and uh, rate and review. Hey, man. Um, so we got coming up a friend of mine for a long time, known. Willie and Corey Robertson from Duck Dynasty fame. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to them. Yeah, they're, they're good, good, good people. Good people coming up on on the show. So I'm looking forward to to talking to them. And I I assume, well, I assume there's a there's a, a bond between the two of you. I, I know. Well, yeah, you know, we, we've never and, met. Uh, yeah. I, of course, I know who the Robertsons are, uh, but I've never met any. And I think it was Willie's dad, if I'm not mistaken, that was a quarterback at La Tech. And ha- had it not been for him basically saying, I'd rather squirrel hunt, we would never know Terry Bradshaw as we yeah, do today. That's Phil Robertson. Yeah, that was that's, that Phil. And Phil's also a friend I've known a long time. He'll tell that story left to right that he discovered Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell that story real quick? You know, well, I, I, I think I, I, want, I want to be accurate, but they were both on the on the, the La Tech Louisiana Tech football team, uh, which is in Ruston, and Phil was the was the guy, not Terry Bradshaw, and to uh, to be blunt, I think Phil would rather have been hunting and squirrel hunting was one of his things. He said, you know, this, this, this football stuff kind of gets in the way of my, my hunting. So heck with it. So he stepped down, quit, whatever. Terry Bradshaw steps in and of course goes on to the Steelers and has a wonderful career. But uh, apparently had Phil stayed that Terry wouldn't have gotten a, a shot. <laughs> and Phil tells that story very proudly. I mean, there's, there's, there's no regret in his voice when he tells it. You know what we should do? We should get Phil on pretty soon. Let's get Phil to tell that story and, yeah, yeah. and, and, and just get ready for uh, just a. I hope I'm, I, I'm not wrong in my uh, description, but a pretty, pretty cool story regardless. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, in, in in the meantime, well, let's let's sit down and talk to another one of the Duck Dynasty mainstays characters, Willie and his wife Corey, who Corey appeared on obviously a ton of episodes. Let's 
let's uh they got something new going on so let's yeah. take a listen to them and it's a pleasure and an honor to bring back a couple of friends of mine or bring into the show a couple of friends of mine I haven't seen for for quite a while but but have known for quite a while as well Willie and Corey Robertson guys welcome to the show and and Brett you guys have just met uh, right before the show and a lot a lot in common down in in Louisiana and in Mississippi we'll get to all that but Willie and Corey can you tell us you got a new show um, at home with the Robertsons. This is, this is a little bit different, a little bit unique, and sounds really interesting. Can one of you guys or both of you guys tell us what the show is about? Yeah, it is a little different. Um, we, we, it's a, it's a, we call it kind of a moving talk show, I guess. And so it's a talk show that's in our home. And I guess Corey and I, after Duck Dynasty, we, after we rested up, uh, we decided <laughs> to uh, jump back in and do something different, and uh, which is actually have guests in our homes and, and, and talking that the topics were going to be anything. They were kind of hot topics. And we kind of felt like we feel this just like divide. And we feel like people seem to be yelling at each other and uh, online and just uh, just a lot of anger. And so we were like, well, hey, why don't we, you know, see if we can talk and see if we can get somebody together. We, you know, come from a big family. And so we're used to talking it out. And um, yeah, so we decided to invite some guests in our home. And uh, it's been really cool. It's been really, uh, it's hard. It's not easy. You know, the topics are not easy. Uh, But I tell you what, every time we've, uh, we end up laughing and People hang around, we have dinner together. And so, uh, yeah, we've made a lot of And and the guests, the guests stay for dinner? Oh, they do. They do. Do they help cook dinner? Willie's the cook in the house. So yes, we signed him up to cook, but yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. I think like we're kind of the perfect ones to do this because we do come from a big family with a lot of ideas and diverse thought and strong opinions. And so we're kind of used to sitting around a table and talking about big topics. So we're like, Hey, why don't we do that with television cameras in front well, of us? Well, while we're here and, and cause every, this is the, the, the biggest question I moved to the South, the biggest question from any state all throughout the South Brett, where's the better where's the better barbecue, Mississippi or or Louisiana? You know, I think that I think that that's uh, it's kind of like gumbo, it's kind of like etouffee or uh, stuff that we both cook, we both eat. When I say both both states, it's really a matter of preference. You know, some people like a darker roux, some people like a lighter roux. Some people like a, you know, a drier barbecue or I tell you what, you can't go wrong, put it that way, in Louisiana and Mississippi eating. Uh, Nothing's good for you in some (laughs) respects, but in other respects, it's great for you. Yeah. So, so every time I bring that up in South Carolina, what's better barbecue, North Carolina, South Carolina, it, it really gets into (laughs) into like this, this match of we're better than yours. Willie, what, what, you you want to take the uh, listen? I don't think anyone can take the the, the gumbo and the etouffee crown out of Louisiana or New Orleans, maybe even. But what about barbecue? Nah, I feel good about that. Well, one thing I've got to explain to Corey later what a roux is uh, and how to cook that, so she's not in the kitchen a lot. Uh, so we'll explain that later. As far as barbecue, I don't think yeah, Louisiana's barbecue. I don't think we're really known for barbecue. So nah. we, I think we just figured out which lane we wanted to be in and uh, it's a good lane. And so uh, mm-hmm. as far as uh, what Brett mentioned, the, the gumbo etouffee and um, you know, but now I've noticed uh, we're actually in the middle. I feel like the argument's more like Texas barbecue uh-huh. versus the Carolina barbecue, because it is a lot different. I mean, 
that's a lot different thing. And, I'm and, not, and, and people in Kansas will tell you theirs is the best, too, if, if I'm not mistaken. It's right? good. You know, it, it's really what you what, what your preference is, because there are different kinds of barbecues, much like there's different kinds of food. But Mississippi has got good barbecue. But again, Louisiana and Mississippi, I think, has the best food. Again, not great for you. Mm-hmm. But you can you in some some most places are the ones that you go. I ain't going in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I may get robbed, or the food uh, is, is going to be dirty. What? Those are the greatest places to eat. Yeah. Oh, has the best. Best. Yeah, we measure how good our meal is by how many sticks of butter goes in it. Because like, <laughs> like a bowl of butter in our fridge at all times. Like a giant we bowl do. of yeah, it's crazy how much butter. Yeah, yeah. How many times I, I I put butter in my baked potato? It's at least three separate times. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you eat the top layer. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You do it again. Do it again. And then one layer just for the skin. I mean, you gotta have butter on the skin for sure. Yeah. Hey, who guys, who, who are some of the guests you you've had or plan on having? So we started out with Yandy and Mendeecees. They're from love and hip hop and talking we like, we came just right out of the gate with a big topic, I think, you know, about racism in America. And then we had, um, we actually, this next week, we have a vegan chef come on. So talking about yeah. cooking and food. Yes. Which was a little scary. Like he walked into our house and we were like, don't look to the right because they're like mounts all <laughs> in, in what we call the man cave. So, yeah. Um, so that was a little, I mean, he was like hardcore, hardcore vegan, vegan, like, like doesn't no even eat honey, honey no nothing. anything. Yes. So. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. vegan. Oh, well, I'm okay. pescatarian. No meat, just, you know, just <laughs> but you're uh, what again, Eric? What'd you call it? Well, it's called pescatarian, which means there's no meat involved. It's not vegan because because vegan. I mean, I, I I'll, I'll eat you know some milk products come from animals. I just don't eat the meat part of it. But uh, it's it's strictly fish and uh, you know other things that are not meat. By the way, uh, you know what what you should do sometime, and maybe you can do this on your show if you're cooking. Take a take one of those Beyond Burgers. They're they're plant based meat. And and, bur- and cook up cook up a couple and see if you can trick some of your true meat eaters to to, to pick which one is the one that's plant based. I'm telling you, some of this stuff tastes exactly exactly. I'll barbecue it up. It'll go right on the barbecue. Flames up the way meat does too, and smells like it, tastes like it. I you know it's that'd be a fun segment. Yeah. So my parents are pescatarian and have been for a long time. And so we actually tried it a little for, we went about six months pescatarian yeah. last year, which was good because it made us like venture out and cook different things or made him venture out and cook different things for us. But we did, we tried the Beyond Burgers for a little while. They were no, good. they are good. Yeah, they're good you're right. yeah. I think we do. I think this is what we do. Don't want to invite us, but one of these days we got an open, open show weekend. Maybe we, we get Brett and Eric, we come down and we, we see if Brett can pick it, see if I can trick Brett into to okay. figure to, to eat to taking a bite of the plant based, it's not gonna hurt you. Just it's just no. I've had I've had the Impossible Burger. Yeah, exactly. An Impossible Whopper. Yeah. I, no, it, you're it's, eating a Whopper, aren't you? I wore that thing out, man. Yeah, we were, <laughs> I was at Burger King like every other it. day. I yeah. couldn't go there at Burger King, but Willie went there like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, on the topic of of uh, food and. My oldest daughter is, uh, she's all, well, I don't even, I guess it's a true vegetarian. 
I don't, I don't know the terms where she doesn't honey milk products. She's all that's out. Yeah. Vegan. And yeah. Now I, one of my questions is, did you feel better? That's kind of the thought. It's like, your allergies go away. Your, your joints feel better. Did you find that to be true? Uh, in some ways, yeah, I felt like I did. <clears throat> I almost need to do it again because I think I was so shocked into just doing it and trying to make sure right. I eat the right thing that I wasn't super focused. Not conscious of what, feel, what it right. was doing to you. Yeah. There were times I did, but you know, I would. I almost need to try it again because yeah, this has I come up so. and we've talked yeah. about. Did I feel better? And if so, then why not? And you know, yeah. but it was more just I was like trying to focus on what to eat, what not to eat, and so. Uh, but that's the thing. That's what actually kind of we you got know, us to do was it. The yeah. inflammation and uh, right. Because yeah. I'm definitely Getting you know the older, older and- I get, and I can keep wearing copper socks and uh, sleeves, but man, my body's still still feeling it. <laughs> He's actually limping. He limped in here today. I tore, I tore my calf muscle last night. I'm in the city basketball league, and so. But I'm bound to come back, and uh, but I'm gonna probably need some medical attention. Uh, <laughs> How old are you, Willie? Forty-nine. I just turned oh, forty. Oh, it's all downhill from there. It's all downhill from there. I got a couple of years on you. I, I, I'll tell you, Brett. I tried. Um, I think one of your daughters. It's where you don't eat the wheat. What? What? Which one is that one called? Uh, I don't Silly, know. The, the uh, well, whatever. Yeah. What is gluten-free? Yeah, I tried gluten-free. True story. I'm like, let me try this gluten-free deal. And I did it for a month. About halfway through, two weeks in, I started to feel shit crappy. Three weeks in, by the fourth week, I was just felt awful. I want to talk about inflammation and distended and just got awful. True story. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I just don't feel good. I ate the biggest bowl of pasta I could find that night. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like within an hour or two, Boom, better. It, I had the opposite effect. It, it literally. Well, and, and so I, I think that was that was maybe shock to your. Well, gluten's terrible for you. And is I, I it? Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm allergic to it. Uh, oh, you're allergic. So you're gluten free. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were talking about some crazy other diet. I mean, yeah. Gluten- no, that I was talking about the gluten free. I, yeah. I, I stayed off gluten for a month and it had the opposite effect. I, I, I was almost I could almost growing up. I don't you know. I was. It's not that long ago in some respects, but it's light years in others. But like when we were growing up, we're all about the same age. Was gluten even a term? No. <laughs> I mean, when I when I was told by the doctor that I was allergic to gluten, I went, "What is gluten?" Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it's in everything. And that's what the doctor said. He goes, I got good news and bad news. We know what you're allergic to now. The bad news is it's everything you eat. You know that we love a good deal on this show. And with April winding down, why not end the month on a good note? How about we help you get a better deal on your home and auto insurance by shopping them around for the best price with our amazing friends at Policy Genius. Policy Genius can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. It's that simple. In fact, they've saved customers up to $1,055 per year by reshopping their home and auto coverage and getting started is the easiest part. First, head to policygenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius takes it from there. 
They'll compare rates from America's top insurers, from Progressive to Allstate, to find your lowest quotes. The Policy Genius team will look at all the ways to maximize your savings, including bundling your home and auto policies. But if Policy Genius finds a better rate than what you're paying now, they'll switch you over, get this for free. It's that kind of service that has earned Policy Genius a five star rating across over thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Policy Genius can promise that you won't leave their website feeling like an April fool. They've saved customers up to $1,055 per year compared to their current home and auto policies. So head to policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Hey, Willie and and Corey, can Willie, both of you guys, just tell us about the, you know, Everyone listening, this is the Robertsons, if you're listening, Will and Corey Robertson, and you're, you're obviously well-known from the Duck Dynasty years. Tell us about a little bit about Duck Dynasty, the years, and maybe what's going on since the, the, you, know, you guys left the show. Yeah, it's been, uh, how long has it been since we, two or three years? 2017 okay, wow. was the finale. Was the finale yeah, we finished so. filming in 2016, so it's been a little while. Wow, yeah. it has been a while. Uh-huh. I realize it was that long. It seemed like just a few years back. Do you I- miss it? No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. It was fun while it lasted. And we always say, like, would we do it again if you had the choice? Yes. Like, it was worth it and yeah. great. But when it was done, we were ready to move on. Yes. Yeah, because it had, you know, I mean, it was, we filmed about five years, uh, mm-hmm. really long years. I mean, long shooting times. And, um, yeah, it was kind of like our stories, you know, we had done so many episodes that we didn't really know what to do next. And <laughs> our cast members started moving off and going to college, like and our kids getting married, <laughs> cast members, our kids, yeah. we were losing people left and right. And, uh, so it was like, we had other children it was like, Oh, we've already done this. We've done that. And so, um, it really was, it was a, a super fun time, uh, busy and crazy. And, uh, but we were certainly glad when it uh, when it ended for sure. Although I do miss, I do what I miss is, you know, every long production day or, um, you know, you, you guys know how it is when you're just all day doing something. We were always surrounded with our family and mm. I do miss that. So it was, and it wasn't just our family, it was mom and dad and aunts and uncles and brothers and siblings. So, and we were all doing this project together. So it was so funny because you may be really dependent that day on a, on a 10 year old nephew, you know, to yeah. like, carry his weight you know <laughs> so you're all around so we all had this one project we're trying to pull off and uh and we all had to do it together and so i do miss some of those times yeah. just sitting around even waiting on lights and waiting on everything uh we just had some good times and um and it's fun now going back and watching sometimes and seeing it's like uh super well produced uh home videos so we can see our kids when they were certain ages you know and how we grew yeah. up yeah. So did you film five days a week seven days a week sometimes the first, the first year, year we were was six crazy. days, like sometimes six, seven, seven days a week. for probably 10 and a half months. Uh, yeah. It was rough. It was mm-hmm. like long. And then once we kind of realized like, okay, we're going to be doing this for a little <clears> bit longer <throat> term. We got to figure out how to do it for the long haul. So then we actually put in our contract, we would only film Monday through Thursday. So mm-hmm. we did have the weekend and that helped us <clears throat> that helped make it kind of like manageable. But that first year, I mean, when you're trying to create, a show you don't really know what it's going to be so you film a lot to get that 23 minutes you know yeah it's so a lot of filming for what it looked up, like yeah, yeah. for what how, how many episodes did you did you all end up putting down 
We did 130 episodes, so 11 seasons. We did about 30 episodes a year, which um, so, so took a week each time. So, As a fan of the show, and, and I don't know while you're in the moment, while you're doing it, while you're filming it, maybe you didn't even realize it, maybe you did, but if, uh, uh, as an observer, fan of the show, the moments I loved the best were was when, when you guys are sitting in, in the office and just sitting there, and, and it looks like, no one has anything to say. And then someone will blurt something out. It's just <laughs> hysterical. I mean, was there any, do you feel like the pressure to say something and, and to come up with something funny or was just like freaking raw? It, as some of both, I felt like, you know, those moments were, you know, the show turned out really funny and, but it was like, you're not trying to be funny, but it was funny. Editing yeah. That's when it's funny when you don't try to be. That's wait, 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 wait! Can we, can we, t- can we, can we take a step back? Was the, was the original intent of the show to be a serious show about well, the business? Because it was freaking hilarious and awesome, and in, in a good way. It yeah. was just during a time whenever, like, Swamp People was really big. Yeah. All these Louisiana shows were kind of big, and I think when they kind of like bought our show, they thought we were going to be like Swamp People or some kind uh, of like Louisiana, like in the woods. Just looking at the photo of yeah. us, you would think, yeah. you know, probably serious and, and you know, hardcore. we shot the pilot and they were like, oh, this is like a comedy. It's funny, you know, mm-hmm. and it's more family and it's more all that. So it did shift. I don't think they really kind of knew what they were getting originally. And then they saw the first, the first, we did two pilots originally and they picked up a whole 13 episodes right off the bat with this after those two pilots. Well, so, the lady called and uh-huh. she said, I got good and bad news. The bad news is this is not the show that we ordered at all. And I was like, Oh no. And she goes, the good news is it's way better than the show we <laughs> thought we ordered. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they saw that family atmosphere and that, um, uh, that was going to come to come to life. And, and they knew it would resonate with, not just men, because originally they thought this is going to be kind of a man. Yeah. And then they were like, wait a minute, we think women are going to watch this too. And as it turns out, it was men, women, young, Kids, old, it was really yeah. anyone, anyone could kind of, cause you, with a, with a big family like this, you could put yourself in somebody's shoes or you had somebody like that. You're like, ah, oh, Phil reminds me of my dad, you know, or I've got a guy like uncle Cy, you know? And so, uh, you could really start putting yourself in there and, and the comedy just, kind of, you know, um, by not trying to be funny uh, and the way we would do it. And that was just naturally, I think, how yeah. we were. I mean, yeah. it was just, you know, mm-hmm. and the, certainly the edits, they'd pause, you know, and they, they, they would just put, it was, I would always make facial expressions. And so sometimes just the slightest facial expression, mm-hmm. you know, would be really funny. And uh, dude, when you were, when you would just look away and just not like you'd be doing <laughs> Something over here and just deliver a line. I, it was just, it was amazing. It was TV gold. We actually started a new podcast called The Duck Call Room. And it's basically the guys just sitting around the duck call room, just talking about whatever. And right. it's hilarious. So that give you a little glimpse into, yeah, that's pretty much what it's like up there all the time. Yeah. They the, are all really funny. I mean, I think the Robertson family, we've always been storytellers and which is actually what TV is just telling stories. And it came from, you know, we grew up, um, you know, I don't know, Brett, how, how y'all were when you grew up, but we had three channels. So there wasn't, it really wasn't. Oh, yeah. You had to go turn the antenna with you. Had to go turn the antenna outside, you know? Yeah. And so really we would sit around that dinner table, the same table, you know, it wasn't as many people then, but, and we would tell stories. And so that's where the hunting and fishing came in. Cause you would, yeah. you would tell the story about the hunt, about fishing, how we got it. Then we would talk about how we cooked it. And then, you know, and I remember as a kid, like, I was like, if I'm going to speak, 
I mean, you got to bring it, you know, like, and it, cause if not, you know, so you'd wait for your turn. Like I got mom and dad and grandparents and then yeah. in there with a story. And so we really learned how to tell good stories and keep them going. And so, uh, so yeah, we grew up doing that. And then with TV, it was the same way. It's just really telling stories. Well, you know, if, it, if I can, uh, Brett, you, I'd love, yeah, you'd love to hear your thoughts on the hunt and stories and, and, and around the table, but before we go, I can imagine, you know, the Brett, Eric, and Poncho with the Robertson boy. That you want you want to talk about some laughs? Well, I, you know, I, I, I'm biased, of course, but I, I do believe I really do believe that Southerners, not all, but Southerners in general, are the greatest storytellers. I don't know why. Maybe it's the how they. I think I, I do think it's how they they tell the story, um, and with the, with a little bit of an accent. Some people have it. <laughs> stronger accents than others, but, but the. And Sai says 95% truth. Sai says his are 95% truthful. He adds a little yes. 5% to just make Sai it adds interesting. adds a little spice yeah. to it too that I don't yeah. think. And I think you got to, you got to add a little Tony Sashtries to it every once in a while. <laughs> or maybe a lot. <laughs> uh, the, and the more I tell a story, the, the less that, that trueness, uh, <laughs> It goes from 85 to 75 to 65, and it gets longer and longer, but it gets better. You, I mean, you have to perfect it, so you can't tell the same exact story over and over. At least well, I think, yeah, I think part of that, Brett, is like from down here, like people are so passionate. So you get passionate about cooking. You get passionate mm-hmm. about uh, uh, food, hunting, you know, the outdoors, um, uh, church, you know, football, you know, you're so passionate. And so I think it does, you get so passionate. And so when you're telling that story, you can see that passion coming out. And so I see that a lot in, you know, in the South is that, that passion, especially Louisiana. I mean, yeah. And there's a lot of culture, a lot of different, you know, things going on here uh, in our state. Yeah, I agree. So you're, you're, your hunting is is vast. You you shoot a lot of things, Willie. I know I know Brett is is, is involved. He loves hunting. I mean, you can't if the, it, to do the show. There was a there was a carve out. It's like don't even talk to me while hunting season is is happening. Uh, what's your hunting? What's a what's a good day for you, Willie and and Corey too? If you do if you shoot if you get involved. Uh, yeah, Brett and I we almost hunted together. Was it last year? Or the year before. Or he was at a place in Louisiana where some friends of mine. And so uh, I think I was out of town. I wasn't able to make it. Um, uh, do a lot. Of- Go ahead. Over in Ola? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You missed out. We went, we, 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 we went again. Man, the buzz buses are, are awesome. They got yeah. a great place, by the way. Mm-hmm. So we need one down we- there. What's that? Did you get one? This year I didn't. Uh, I saw a bunch. Had, uh, I was kind of waiting for, you know, big boy. But I, I just enjoy going and kind of, you know, kind of what we've been talking about the the atmosphere and the storytelling. We there's about five of us that go over. My brother and um, several other friends, and it's more about the experience, as you know. We know why you didn't get one, Brett, because you're going in after me. So uh... <laughs> they're all scared. What's left? <laughs> I'm usually down there October 1st. So I'm the first <laughs> one in line. So I get my bow and get out there. But uh, no, Eric, I do a lot of uh, um, 
shooting a, a bow hunt a lot. So my company, Buck Commander, we put uh, videos out and, um, you know, on all over. And so it's a group of guys. We got Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, uh, Adam LaRoche, some b- baseball players, uh, Tyler Farr. So we put stuff out and uh, I like the businesses do, Brett. And we, um, so we've been in that industry for a long time. I, I got to ask, do, do, do you do any gator hunting? Uh, I have. Yeah. I, it's, it's, yeah, it's weird. Gator hunting to me is, it's not as much. No. It's not as much hunting. I, I don't know. It's just not like, I mean, you get Wait, one. Yeah, go go into that a little bit. I want to hear because – It's not like you're out stalking and chasing it down. You know, it's like uh, the the hunting I've done is where, you know, you catch them on, you know, on a hook and then, you know, you, you put them away. But it's just a different – it's almost it's kind of like half fishing, half hunting. And so, uh, you know, being out in the pursuit, you know, uh, of deer. And I'll tell you what I did last, uh, last fall was I went out and did an archery elk hunt. Yeah. So you're on your feet, you're, yeah, and, and you, I think I'm about 32 miles. Yeah. Of, in the awesome. mountains. And so it's crazy. So it's like hiking. And, and then when it happens, you know, um, you know, I ended up getting, I shot an elk at 77 yards and got, wow. it, which is insane. Yeah. Like it's, I, I wouldn't even thought I would have shot that far, but, uh, but, yeah, I'm, that's true hunting. Yeah. You're out there. You think about it, Brett, you're 77 yards. Think about a football game. Yeah. And actually I was sitting on my behind, like when I made the shot. So that's shooting that arrow from 77 yards on a football field and basically going through the size of a football, you know, yeah. with a stick, which is crazy, you know, to, to do that. It took me then you feel like you've really accomplished something like, like they did back in the olden days. Oh, for sure. Oh, I was crying. I mean, it was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like yes. I told him yeah. A documentary. I mean, it was like 15 days over two different trips. He had to come home at one point for something and then went back again for, and it was like his last arrow. Like it was, it was, it was dramatic. It was, yeah, it was, it was real, good. It was a nutty thing. <laughs> Brett, Brett, you said uh, you agreed with Willie when he said croc hunting wasn't real hunting or it didn't feel like real hunting to him. No, there you go. You're not a southerner. We don't have crops down here. All right, gator. <laughs> gator. Gator hunting. I, you know, I grew up on, on the bayou. I mean, you could walk out my front door 30 yards and you could be in, in the bayou. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't tell you how many gators we would see. Just And it was just part of, part of the deal. If they got too close, I, I don't even think in the early 70s and 80s that there was even a gator season. No, But if one was a nuisance, you would try to shoot it and, and put it away. No one, I mean, no I'm one ever questioned you. But like you, your dogs got close to the water. You, we had gators that got several of our dogs, which is not uncommon. Um, I mean, they look at them as prey. So when one would get too close, if it was a three, four, five footer, usually we'd just let them go. But you get a bigger one, you shoot one with a twenty-two or uh, or a a shotgun with birdshot or something, you're going to scare them away for a little bit. You ain't going to, I mean, they'll laugh at that, but you know, I, I agree with Willie. I mean, my brother-in-law loves the gator hunt. Now Mississippi's rule or law is different than Louisiana. We're a little bit backwards, back more backwards than Louisiana in this case. I know it's always a toss up. Yeah. Is that a, yeah. Is that a, a source of pride to, to, is, is that a, 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 a aspirational? Uh, we want to be more backward. Is that 
you know, less about. No, I think I think we've it's self induced over the years. I think we've both gotten better. I mean, I say both those states. You know, we we like to we like to say thank goodness for. In this case, I'm going to use Arkansas. Thank goodness for it. <laughs> it won't be last. <laughs> um, but yeah, gator hunting. It's not really. It, I mean, you're, you're talking about an animal that's prehistoric. There's no question. It's been, it's not uncommon for a gator to live a hundred years old, but Mississippi, the, the law is you have to catch it with a rod and reel, mm. pull it in into the boat and measure it. And it, obviously if it's, if it's the correct length, then you can harvest it. I'm thinking to myself, I, and I have never done that. I'm thinking to myself, now, isn't that a little bit dangerous to bring an 11 footer into the boat and then measure it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm that's, not doing it. Crazy. Uh, hang on, Brett. Hang that's on. Crazy. I'm questioning that law. How, there's no way you can pull an 11 foot alligator. Well, I think, I think the, you can kill one I mean, that's, you've got to get one that's like over nine or 10 feet. And then I, I, I'm pretty sure of that. Then you can get one. That's that's not a lot still, right? Because I mean, I thought we're putting chickens on hooks and hanging them. You know, that's Louisiana. <laughs> wow, Eric, how are they doing it in South Carolina? Are you- <laughs> I don't know, but I, I know there's a bunch we found in in you know walking around, and sometimes they're 10, 11, 12 feet, and yeah. and. It's a neighborhood, a residential neighborhood, and, and I asked one of the little guys one the other, "Where's Big John?" He's like, oh, uh, they they relocated Big John to heaven. <laughs> that's, 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 that's all we know here. Um, by the way, you know what the loneliest, you know what's the loneliest bayou in the world? Bayou self. <laughs> Good one. Uh, Eric, you're rolling. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, tell us a little bit. First of all, where can we find uh, – at home with the Robertsons uh, at Facebook watch tell us how to find it. We're, what, what, what we can look forward to. So it's really easy. Actually. It's just on Willie's Facebook page. You just go to Willie's page and each new episode, it'll be on Monday we do. So it's kind of like a two parter on Monday. We drop like where we talk with our guests that come in and we do a little, have a conversation. We might take them out crawfishing or doing something like that. And then on Thursday, it'll be a drop with our family. So we bring kind of like our kids or Uncle Sa or some of our family in and we kind of continue that conversation. So, yeah, it's kind of neat because it's on a social media platform. It doesn't have to kind of be your standard, like, you know, 23 minutes. It's like our first conversation is on Monday. Then a second, you know, second part kind of to the same conversation is on Thursday. Yeah, we just put out the... Um... The one about kneeling for the flag. Uh, so we had some football guys in, Brett, and mm-hmm. uh, we discussed that. That one, I didn't know how that was going to end up. <laughs> I didn't know if we would be eating dinner after that one or not. It got pretty <laughs> uh, uh, explosive. But, you know, we kind of found our way. We yeah. kind of, you know, uh, listening to those guys and, you know, uh, hearing kind of where that came from. was It was eye-opening, you know, but it's it's a, it was a tough mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, I think that's the way we resolve our issues in this country is we, we sit down and we talk about it. So I, uh, right. kudos to you for doing that yeah. rather than fighting in the media and uh do yeah, it's it so- getting media's getting up media's getting ugly you're right brad just do do it do what the robertsons did we do it what you do in the south i guess sit down and tell some stories around a, a table with some food that you just made and maybe maybe you have a lot less fighting a lot lot less angst well, you know what on that topic and i know willie and Corey will certainly agree at least i uh i think they will the South has gotten a bad rap. 
rightfully so, but not in our, our era. You know, there seems to be more problems elsewhere. I, I'm, I get a little bit tired of people knocking the South. I mean, look, not everybody gets along, regardless of where you are. But I know Mississippi is probably close to 50-50 uh, as far as African-American and whites. And there's some some towns that are more of one than the other. But most are kind of a melting pot. And um, there's a lot less problems down here than the people want to that from other places want to make it out to be. And so there's a lot of good in the South. I would agree. I would agree. We saw that this last year, we were, you know, so thankful to live where we were through this, everything that was going on in the world this last year. And, you know, we felt the same way in our, our town. We're about 50, 50 as well. And, you know, it's just, you see people who love each other and care about one another and have dinner together and, all that. And I think, I think that is what it's all about. Yep. yep. I'm, I, for one, am tired of people trying to twist words and create some anxiety or some ism where there isn't one. And let's just move on and have some fun. <clears throat> Willie, Corey, always. When you, uh, when you invite sorry, people, yeah, Eric, when you invite people into your home, it's so disarming, you know, Cause it's really hard to have that combat, you know, mm-hmm. when you're sitting at the table and you invite someone in, I think just from the nature of us inviting someone into our home, because mm-hmm. oftentimes we don't know these people, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know what they're going to say and how they're going to react, but um, you know, uh, being hospitable and bringing people in uh, man, it really does help. You know, it helps to have mm-hmm. that conversation uh, uh, when you, when you kind of lay it out like that. So yeah, agree. Yeah. And food is the great equalizer. Oh yeah. man. Isn't it Brett? Yeah, it's a way to do it. So good southern food down on the table. That's right. Look out, man. All the elbows are flying. (laughs) (laughs) All looking to box someone else out from their that plant-based burger right there because it tastes better than the beef burger. All right, Willie Corey. uh, the show is at home with the Robertsons. You can find it on the Willie's Facebook page. Corey, uh, always good to see you again. I I think it's been way too long, you two. Miss you guys. Yeah, yeah a lot of fun. Willie, let's, let's connect it in Allah this year. Uh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a hold of those guys today. We'll, we'll make that happen. All right, Sounds guys. Good. Awesome. Thank you. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye, guys. That was awesome. Appreciate it, guys. All right, guys. Thanks See so you. Hey, good luck with the show, guys. Thank you. You know, both Brett and I spend a lot of times outdoors, biking, hunting, you name it. But Mother Nature doesn't always play nice. So you better be ready for whatever the world throws at you with a face shield from S.A. Company. S.A. Company has all the protective gear you need to brave the elements and explore more every day. You know, we both really love their face shields. They're up to UPF 30, lightweight and breathable the perfect piece of protective gear for your next adventure. Uh, Like when Brett's out in a bluff or or working in the yard or just a perfect for any and many different things. And I like those camo ones that Brett sometimes wears They're they're sharp. And whenever you're working in the sun or the cold or going hiking, biking, hunting, fishing, skiing, riding, or whatever SA company's face shields always have you covered. Plus they've got dozens of eye catching designs for men, women, and kids and their one size fits all machine washable and a lifetime warranty. 
and there's zero risk. Yep, we do love that SA believes in giving back to the men and women who put themselves on the front lines every day through their partnership with Operation Gratitude. SA's donated well over 100,000 face shields to those on the front lines of the pandemic. For every order, SA donates one face shield to a first responder. So stay protected outdoors because right now you can get an insane deal. Ready for this? Buy one get four free. I'll say that again. Buy just one and get four free. A $150 value for just $24.99. So just go to safishing, S-A-F-I-S-H-I-N-G, safishing.com slash bowling, B-O-L-L-I-N-G, to get five face shields for the price of one, plus a lifetime warranty and free returns if you're not 100% satisfied. That's S-A fishing.com slash bowling safishing.com slash bowling so it turns out brett you and you and the robertsons have a lot in common that hunting is is a common bond in the south and and uh you know we i learned something not being from the south but living the south now that that barbecue in the big thing in louisiana well barbecue is 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 good and in some respects, big in both Mississippi and Louisiana. It's just, there's, you know, as you can imagine, and I know you know this, even though you're not from the South, anyone who's visited the South knows that the, the, the problem when it comes to eating is the choice. There's so much good to choose from. And, and I'm talking about all people down in Mississippi and Louisiana will cook just about anything. And they always spice it up and got a little Cajun flair to it, including barbecue. So it just really is a matter of preference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was good. It was good talking to Willie and Corey and, and uh, you two look, it sounds like you two have a hunting date next year or something or next, next time they do it. Sounds like a, sounds like a good time. And yeah, Brett, you're right. Your, your, your friend, Kenny Chesney is, is coming on. We're going to have a, a sit down with him as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you for bringing some of, uh, some of your really, really cool friends onto the show. Yeah. You know, with Kenny, uh, you talk about a mega, mega star who is about as down to earth, which is great. It's always nice to know or nice when you meet someone I, I can't say that Kenny was my hero, but I, I love his music. Um, and, and, you know, he is simple in some respects and how he approaches it in his songs. But I think that's kind of the beauty in it. And uh, uh, maybe he can enlighten us as well as our listeners on some things that they didn't know. So looking forward to it. Yeah. So we'll put up a special show, just, uh, just the Kenny Chesney interview. Look for that. Very, very soon. But again, come on to uh, go on to Apple, Spotify, but Apple specifically to rate and review the show. Looking forward to it. And as always, uh, from here in South Carolina, I'm bowling. He's Brett Favre. In Mississippi. <laughs> See you next time. Coming real, it's the next episode. What about Brett Favre? Follow the show on Twitter for the latest news and links to all our social media channels. Bowling with Favre is executive produced by Ali Brito and Rob Jenners. This has been a presentation of Live by Live's Podcast One.